Talking Toilets with Alex Hope and William Smith. Hello and welcome to Talking Toilets. This is a very special week, um, mostly because uh, we're both quite under the weather, aren't we? Yes, and the proof <laughs> is in the pudding that if you drink a lot of alcohol on the longest day of the year, because yep. your curfew is when the sun goes down, you will find yourself quite close into the next day <laughs> and regretting some of your choices immediately. So we were we were gathered for a party, socially distant, of course. Of course. Well, at least if Dominic Cummings w- was watching with his poor eyesight, it would well, look quite socially distant. Well, we did our best, didn't we, in a kind of like normalised environment. I think it was only towards the end when a few people got drunk and decided to kind of like hug each other goodbye. Which is yes. in- it's interesting. I find that when people like don't abide by the rules, it's always towards the end of an experience. It was like when I went home and saw my parents and we did everything we could to stay, you know, distance. We did. What hu- is that? Is that fatigue? Or is it just general? I sort think of... I think it's it's like humanity coming out because it's this kind of alien world. You know, like go see your parents, you can't see them, having to use a different toilet, you know, really trying to not infect each other. You know, I arrived, I immediately took all of my clothes off and had a shower, um, and then and then put on other clothes. I need to add, but the but then at the very end of the experience, you know, my dad turned around and just went, "Oh, you know what? Screw this," and gave me a hug. And it was lovely. Mm. And it was like, you know, that's that kind of fatherly, you know, just parental. It would have been the same for my mum. But it was just the fact that it, it happened at the end. Makes yeah. you go, well, why didn't we just start off at the beginning? Just do it straight away. Just, yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's... But then I suppose if you're then not symptomatic after a while of spending time with each other and, like, also listening and trusting the way that you, you'd behaved, you know, the fact that I hadn't been going out and you know, meeting up with loads of people and shaking their hands in hospital. Purposefully hugging them to break the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, doing, or doing what the Prime Minister did and just shaking hands in hospitals. You know, I didn't do any of that. Yeah. No. The, um... <laughs> it would have been quite strange if someone unrelated to government or or hospital work were, were to do that. So I am quite glad you didn't do well, that. Well, you've got to... He's, he's the Prime Minister, so he's, we should be leading by example, isn't he? So that's what we should be... Doing. Anyway, should we move on to what we did, our toilet experience? Because today... Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's our joint toilet experience. Do you want me to start it off? You start it's it a, off, yeah. I start, we start it off? Okay, cool. So, needing to go to the toilet, as long with yourself and then a third person. We had yes. been advised... Wasn't it, wasn't it Alice and Johnny? Oh, it was four of us. Yeah, there were four of us. Previous guest, Alice. Where were we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had, we'd been told, we'd been given previous information of a spot in like a shrub to the top left. I had immediately seen this wall to the far right, which I felt would be closer. And also, I felt, this was where my logic really came from, is that like a shrub in the middle of this kind of park area which mm-hmm. is, it is very enclosed, but for me, that's the kind of place where people would go and poo. It's, right. the, it's really sheltered. It's almost like the closest thing to a public toilet you have, like a naturist public toilet. So, yes. I, so I want, as we, we all had agreed that we were all going for a pee and not a poo, yes. the, uh, that's where the logic of going in that direction was. I think the only, the, the only two issues I had with it was one, I was wearing shorts, as were you, um, and the, there were a lot of stinging nettles and things that you had to avoid. Yes. Um, and the and the other issue I had, well, I mean, obviously it was very damp, despite the fact that it hadn't rained in a while, and that was clearly just... That the, was quite confusing, wasn't I, it? It was just because it's been days and... Di- it's been months of people pissing there, I imagine. But <laughs> the... Um, True. The, but the other thing I quite liked is that while I was urinating, and sorry if this sounds crass, but while I was urinating on the floor, I realised that I was urinating on a face mask and a condom. So it was that there were, yeah, so it was quite, you know, the, the history of our rubbish and the kind of like the topography of what's happened to these items kind of, you know, it yeah. tells, tells its own story, doesn't it, in the human imagination, especially while you put your penis out pissing him 
in semi What came first, the face mask or the condom? The face mask was on the floor first and the condom was on top of it, which would maybe which potentially somebody has developed a new fetish of face mask, so you put the condom on and then somebody has the face anyway, let's not talk about that. That's not it's just trying to think about the logic of it. But they, or they want... you can't do what you want to do with the thing that the condom is being used yeah. on without taking off the face mask. Yeah, first. maybe. I mean, there's just like I mean, maybe they weren't. Maybe they just weren't like they weren't consequential. Maybe they were just. But at least being... they were being quite safe before the event yeah. actually but, occurred. Yes, before they were removed. Yes. Yeah, there's they no were... way quite knowing how long the condom was was in use for. Anyway, yeah, crass. Yeah. Crassness aside. Crassness aside. But yeah, there were two levels of safety on the floor, which I was urinating on top of. Um, Excellent. And yeah. Voiding, a, if you will. I had a very, very pleasant experience. And as I imagine, yeah. did the other people piss? How was your experience? Yeah, I think so. Well, I think quite remarkably, much unlike going to the toilet at any sort of public or private convenience, mm-hmm. we all went in and, and came out at pretty much the same time. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of waiting for people to... Well, obviously, no one was washing their hands for 20 seconds while singing Happy Birthday. But no. the We did all use sanitizer afterwards, though. Yes, we did. I've lost that, sadly. That's probably somewhere on oh, the heath no. as well. Uh, which is a shame, because it was good pump action. <laughs> but what was quite nice about the experience of it was the conversation that we were having on our quite quite, you know considerable walk from where the group was sat to where the toilets we'd destined ourselves to go yeah yeah we had a very nice conversation on the way there and then we had quite a rude but quite interesting and exposing conversation on the way back which i um will neglect to repeat other than it it, it the topic changed quite considerably didn't it yes it did from getting alice on the podcast a few months ago to my behaviors in a past life yeah, but, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna segue around that conversation. But we've had a lot of crass so far this morning, we, haven't we? We have. So what I was thinking about was the fact that so there were four of us all urinating, like trying to find the positives in something which isn't positive. You know, yeah. we should we shouldn't be urinating just out in public. You know, out in these no. kind of like bushes. But I mean, everybody is. Everybody has to. There's nowhere open. But when you think about it, from our discovery last week of the average flushing of a toilet is 26 litres of water, that means all four of us, because we would have flushed the toilet, each one of us, just for hygiene purposes, that means we've saved 102 litres of water. Just Very us, true. Just us four pissing in bushes. Which is pissing fast- in bushes. I think that's mad. I think it's it is absolute, incredible, isn't I think it? Absolutely crazy. The amount I mean, of water, and it just, you know, it absorbs into, and if anything, that area there is, you know, it is well fertilised. Yeah, 100%. Not that those nettles or thorns need any more fertilisation. No. Um, or or the mask and condom combination, that probably doesn't <laughs> no. need any more fertilisation either. You might have created oh. some sort of monster of the heath there. Oh, God. Um, yeah, some Sasquatchian figure that only comes out on summer solstice. Anyway, uh, the, yeah, the, the final uh, trip I made to the lab was in a thicket that was so dark that I think I may have peed on my shoes. Nice. But I can't be sure or certain because it was a long time that we'd spent in that park drinking. So my confusions might be imagined or just anxiety related or they might have been realized but it might not have been my own urine soaking my feet wow joe one thing i was thinking about is that you know as somebody who has yeah i've got ibs and that all that definitely does affect me peeing like i do i pee yeah i know it's you know irritable bowel syndrome but you know the the if i'd have something like alcohol or something that's kind of like not particularly kind for you to digest and to process um then it does you know i do the need is exaggerated and i need to pee all the time just always have always will it's just been ingrained in me and it's just part of my natural biology yeah however having you know recently i've you know i I can't go out i can't go out and drink anywhere it's just not something that happens because like everywhere's shut down mm-hmm this was probably one of the. This is probably like one of the first kind of social environments I've been outside with a group of people drinking for a long extended period of time. Yeah. Um, and I only needed to pee twice. Wow. 
I only peed twice. I didn't feel an uncomfortable need to pee. I just, I went for a pee once in that side bush, then went, went for a pee a second time in that side bush, and then that was, that was me done. Which, and I, th- I, I think a big part of that is to do with the fact that there wasn't a toilet readily available, which meant that the kind of, that kind of psychological switch and ease isn't there, which means that my body doesn't default when I have that like, slight sensation of okay. need to pee, going, ah, you need to go pee. So the machinations within your maybe pain threshold even, maybe. and your sort of synapses firing in your head, go, 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 yeah. they were sort of prepared because you'd sent messages maybe surreptitiously through the rest of your body to just yeah. relax and be okay I don't with... know, yeah, whatever, whatever it yeah. is, whatever the process is, because it's definitely more mental that, that makes me have that kind of emergency feeling I need to pee, even when there's not a lot in there. For some, mm. reason, for some reason, it wasn't triggered. And I think it's less triggered mm. when there were less toilets around. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Like, it took me a few hours to, to need my first... And I'd taken Lou to a toilet in a in a bar that yes. um, allowed her the use of it to do, uh, you know, which one I that's was quite sh- difficult I was shocked to do about, in the wild. To be honest, I was shocked. Really? About that. I was. I didn't. I as I said at the time, I said there is no way they're going to let you use your toilet. They've really. Yeah, well, they this should... is the thing. You were right because the first one we tried wasn't uh, very happy about it, but the second one we did, they had screens up in front of their kitchen. They had screens up in front of their uh, like counter, and I think they might have even prepared to allow people to go straight through down the stairs into the loo. I know the out. I know the exact place you're talking about because I've yeah. been in there and I've used that toilet before. Yeah. Um, but it's just in terms of the the health and safety etiquette of mm. use. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, as as a venue manager myself, there no venue out there should be letting anyone. Into their venue to use the toilet. It should just be really? for the. It should just be for the employees. Green. I was reading today that Green King have been organising that to to happen when they reopen Green King venues, that they're going to make a, sa- a path to safely use. Well, that I mean, toilet. I yeah, they have they haven't opened yet, have they? And they so you can't. That's not something to be used for in the, in the current guidelines and the current way that we we should be behaving and organising ourselves. Venue. It's amazing that Louisa was able to, and I'm very happy that she was able to. But it's the she. But it's and it's you know it's the it's not the wrong thing to go and inquire and ask, and if they say yes to use it. But for the venue to let somebody in, they should, absolutely should not be doing that. Welcome back to Toilet News, the section where we scour the depths of human existence for things that might progress us when we go to do our ablutions. Now. In the previous section, Will was talking about the legality of using a public convenience that is inside a business where there are people working that need to socially distance. We had a party it's, yesterday. It's also, it's also that selling food as well. You know, there are so strict... Yes. It, you know, the, the laws that came in when suddenly the coronavirus was going on, you, know, you had to... Every single food substance needs to be closed with a lid and then a sticker needs to be on top in terms of that and the seal. And it's like all mm. of this extra thing and then just letting somebody come and shit in your building. It just seems a bit fucking ridiculous. Anyway, the... <laughs> it does seem a little silly, but the reason I link it to what you've got to say in toilet news is yeah, that yeah, yeah. the idea that we are going to have to have some sort of normal functioning existence of human beings that are out and about 24-7 in order for them to not defecate on the street like in the Middle Ages, we need to find those desperate people places to go. And I hand over to you to take it away, Will Smith. Yeah, thank you. I mean, really, like, what you've done there is summed up what we've talked about every single week, which is where you cannot, you cannot blink, you cannot blink at the news um, researching toilets without seeing people complain that there aren't public toilets around, which means that somebody who's very clever, and it really sucks that we didn't do this first because we should have done, but it's amazing that somebody has, and it's you know, www.lockdownloo.com, and it's really simple. It's where you can find public toilets or just kind of you know, toilets that are open for the community. Um, and it's also like, it's, it's a hub of information is probably the best way to describe it. And the the it, the website is only as useful as what information is supplied to it. Um, so you know, it's not where one person has sat down and gone. You know, let me look up every single toilet that's there. Let me keep up with the news and things because that you know the power of that one person. You know, it's also we're not 
one person, especially in the world of the coronavirus, can't be travelling around and monitoring like council updates and speaking to local businesses. Whereas we as individuals, the power of the people, we can do that. So yeah, so lockdownloo.com. But careful, Will, because the power of the individual and the community is not what the big society conservatives want. Even yeah, yeah. though it says that that's what they want. Oh, yes, absolutely. But I think, you know, it's the same thing. Exactly. It's the same thing with the... Cons- well, the idea of that is when the Conservatives say, oh, yes, but, you know, Labour, we give we give all this power to local councils and look, they're doing absolutely nothing about, you know, with it. Um, and then suddenly what they do is they defund all of the local councils, even though that's the opposite Indeed. of what Labour wants. So they seem to have the same policy, but they purposefully prevent it from being able to work. Um, whereas yeah. this system, I assume, cost nothing except for what the domain name was. Yes. And I, and I salute whoever did this, if, especially if they're not going to take absolutely, especially if they're not going to take any advertisement for it, because I think it's brilliant and I'm willing to shout about it. And I'd be willing to give them a couple of quid if they need it. But the uh, yeah, sure. it's basically if you know a public toilet is open or is opening, please go on the website and just let them know. Just log it on there, because then that means that somebody else who might be vulnerable might have irritable bowel syndrome or might have previously. Yeah, you know, I was reading a poor story about somebody who had bowel cancer, and you know they mm. they they consistently catch themselves short just in normal society anyway you know, some, yeah you know, they've, they've been in situations where they've had to leave their they had to leave their shopping just midway and just leg it home um you know it's awful it really can be p- quite paralyzing and you know the and the, listen the this is nowhere near in comparison to what those people have to go through at all but just being out on the roads if you need to go and you need to do something that isn't liquid you know there is such a reduction in the amount of opportunity you get to do that and the distance between one place yes you might be driving like I am but some people might not be and the distance between one place to another to make that ablution is so ridiculous that you know we need to figure out a quick fix way of disinfecting making safe these public necessities Mm. and i do want to add my voice to the choir but not in the way that i'm like i understand that there are risks to it but we need to de-risk it and we need to de-risk it immediately do you see what i mean the um i mean reading i'm just going to read the tagline of this website just so that you can so it just says this website is only as useful as the information we are supplied if you know of a toilet which is open, whether it's at a pub, a station, a cafe, or even in a public park, just please submit them. Uh, we're also monitoring local council updates and speaking to businesses. Share this website with your friends, colleagues, and family. It takes two seconds, and it really will help others. And I do have to say, you know, there are people tweeting on here where they're saying, you know, discovering lockdown lose, a life-changing discovery. Uh, now I can travel beyond the bladder zone. <laughs> Hashtag London. And it's just like, yeah, like I, I do really, That's I really great. love it. I really love it. I think it's brilliant. I'm going to tell everyone I know about it. I'm, we're in no way sponsored by these people. I do have to. No, add. not at all. I only discovered it. Feels a little bit like the uh, the responsibility is being again taken out of the government's hands and automatically issued to the people and the community just through the community doing it themselves. Well, they're just so inept. Um, You're absolutely right. Like they can't. They are you know, so inept. We don't don't have enough PPE. The NHS is underfunded. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, okay. So local businesses are now going to have to like change their entire workforce to become um, PPE yeah. developers. Um, then the NHS is then going to be self-funded by us, the public, mm. and have to like raise money for it. And then at the same time, the contracts for PPE are going to be given to Conservative MPs' wives and Conservative MPs' families and be given mm. like huge amount of bailouts. And then there's going to be no like monitoring or tracking of their performance. Whereas suddenly, <laughs> if you put something into the public's hands, like lockdownloo.com, um, then, you know, it, as, you, as you said, you know, it is a dangerous what can happen. It's, it is excellent. I do love it. I mean, Just at the think moment, if we put the economy in people's hands. <laughs> what would happen then? The main thing about this website is, at the moment, it's like a UK lockdown lose. It's like you know, it's localized to the UK. Um, yeah. But it, it's definitely a model which, because I mean, at the moment, it really just works off Google Maps because you can you type in the location and then it just like puts down a little pin on a Google Map thing and you can see where your nearest toilet is. So it could be done. It could be done worldwide. It's. I think it's a great open information source and completely necessary and life-saving maybe mm. potentially you know because toilets are good places to do things that nobody else should look at as well as 
what they're designed for. Anyway. That sounds um, really suspicious, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with all good intentions. With all good... Yeah. Uh, that's what this podcast is about, isn't it? Yeah. This one is from digitalspy.com. Finally, we have some popular culture toilet news. <laughs> oh, finally. The public have been screaming for <sighs> it. <laughs> Fuck the public. Um, Little Mix's Jade Thurwall admits to embarrassing toilet accident while on stage. It was her hashtag worst ever experience. So, this... Uh, singer i believe has made a candid reveal about a rather unfortunate incident which she called her worst ever stage experience she revealed that while she was on little mix's glory days tour she was a bit unwell at the time she had a poorly belly uh which we've all encountered once or twice in our lives and just before the show starts the girls stand on man lifts that lift them up for a dramatic reveal onto the a stage man, a man lift a man, a man lift is how she's described it. So okay. I mean, shall we shall we redact that for the feminist side of I, this podcast's listenership? I just feel that if you can say the word lift, if you don't have to have like a preface, do you know what I mean? Of a, of, yeah. A, a, unless it's like a technical. I think it's a person lift, isn't it? But like oh, most so they lifts went, are oh, person so, lifts. Oh, so she's being lifted on top of a person. <laughs> I don't think it's a man that's lifting her. No. I yeah. think it's a it's a lift that lifts a man, but it's a bit non PC in its description. But or it she... might be it might be the journalist. Anyway, um, okay, continue, continue, continue. Anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> and basically, before the show starts, we were in you know the person lifts, where it rises up and it's like a big dramatic entrance. Apparently, there's yep. question marks after all of this. Grammatically correct. Singers. No journalist. <laughs> As I was square brackets crouching down in the in the person lift god why is this that is in parenthesis i have no idea i think she must have missed it so in square brackets it's like you've missed yeah you, like you meant to say it or she's mentioned it previously so we know she's talking about it as she was crouching down in the person <laughs> lift she looked at my security she looked at her security guard and said i really need to do a little fart so then i did it and i literally shit myself <laughs> it was in a fishnet picture that Oh, so God. yeah. Um... I mean, do you know what? I know this sounds awful, yeah, because like I don't, yeah, you know, I don't want to remove empathy and sympathy from this kind of situation. And this isn't just because it's popular news or just because it's the little mix or whatever. But to me, it's like you know, we've all been caught short, like now and then. And, you know, the ranges of sympathy you have, you know, like a, a millionaire 20-year-old who's just about to mime on stage to a bunch of kids that don't understand what they're listening to. And wow, had their we really and, are and skirting had, the legalistic boundaries well, no, and, then had their ticket, and then had their tickets bought by their mum. Do you know what I mean? Like that, I'm not... And then she could just go off and the show can be postponed a little bit and she can clean herself up. But really, when I read that article... The side of I don't I don't get that sympathy for that person. I feel that no. this is just a news article that's been pulled out because she's gone like oh little mix haven't been in the news in a while. How do we suddenly try and drive some you know, yeah oh there's not we can't we haven't released oh, any music. Oh, of little faith. We haven't released any music because we don't write anything ourselves, and the people that sell it to us are currently all furloughed at the moment. So because the industry's currently like got a bit of an issue, so we've got to try and generate some news ourselves, and then they've just yeah. decided to release that bit out. Whereas um, Joni Mitchell being interviewed about her most recent album, in the, it's a you know an expose on her sort of her love to, for you know whoever you know I'm I'm paraphrasing because I actually don't know very much about Joni Mitchell's love life and I don't want to create conjecture, but that is in quite and I know I know I'm being a little bit hypocritical considering I've started a podcast with you where we literally talk toilets, correct? But when you're sort of relating it back to the idea that the songs might be about love and breakups and, you know, all this kind of similar sort of themed things. That's not what we've purported to do from the get-go of our thing, but it is what she's purported to do as an act, as an artist. Mm. And I've only heard a couple of Little Mix songs and generally it's been at a distance. But since when did it become the sort of done thing to... I don't know. Am I am I shooting well, I myself no, no, no. in the foot I, I get, I, I as completely, a proponent I, of open talk about toilets? Yeah, no, exactly. I understand this weird contradiction there is with this. But there's... So you've got this Little Mix star who, like, is... 
you could say a role model for many children out there, especially kind of like you know, younger girls. You'd imagine would be the demogra- like the main demographic. Not like and, civil rights and, campaigners or. That's our that's our audience, mate. But being being open and talking about her accidentally, you know, you know, being caught short, I think is absolutely fine as long as it's yeah. re- as long as it's real and she talks about it from a really human way instead of it being kind of spoken about almost like in a third person, you know, poorly written piece of crap journalism which therefore just makes it seem as if the target is to just drive more clicks to their you know music and downloads i think yeah i think it's quite easy in this instance to sort of blame what the the news that's being reported is so the i think the journalism at, at question here is beyond questionable it's it's rude and it's unfortunate that that's the way they want to um, expose her but at the same time the uh, the young fans that Jesse is it Jesse no Jade is influencing uh, has given a very direct and, and uh, competent message which is if you're about to do something in in front of 10,000 people uh, and you've got a poorly tummy don't try uh, a questionable fart that might turn into a shark I think that's probably very good advice and Listen. Again, again, I feel like I'm just being a bit of an asshole here, but I don't think that is good advice because um, you don't do think I'm... it's the overarching message of the piece, no? Well, do you remember the where we looked up about um, how you what's the best way to not piss yourself? You know, like when you're what did you do and at the theatre at the theatre and things like that? And one of the best things you can do is if you can fart. Because it alleviates pressure, and it's like if you're it about does, to, yeah. if you're about to go on stage, or you're sitting down at the cinema, or you're you know you, you're a, you're in a really fancy meal with a girl you really like or whatever, and you what don't want to go to the toilet. Oh, it sounds awful. If I wouldn't recommend fasting then actually. But do you know what I mean? Like if you if you can't if you're in a situation where you can't go to the toilet but you need to farting yeah. farting should be recommended. And if you're yeah. in and if I think if you're in a situation, the only time where I farted and followed through was when I had not treated my body particularly nice the day before exactly. or the night before or or I was ill. You recognised that your tummy was poorly. I'm going to keep quoting that from the article because it's kind of one of the only <laughs> fun things to quote from it. But you had a poorly God. tummy and listen, if you have a poorly tummy on a date, um, maybe that's not the time to decide to do a fart. Yeah. Just in case, just in case you Jade Thurwell it. I think I think we should re-term this thoroughwalling just to uh, just to really add our own bad again? journalistic stamp. Well, it's Jade Thurwall that this happened to, yeah. And we could re-nickname that that uh, you know con- uh, contentious fart when you yep. you don't know whether it's going to be completely safe. Thurwalling. Thurwall. Yeah. Yes, great, great, okay. excellent. So, so I thorwald. This is how. L- yes, exactly. Hash- I thorwald. Hashtag thorwald. Hashtag thorwald. Plus, um, yeah. It's good that we move on the etymology of certain words uh, as a as a what is effectively an open news source as well. Talking toilets since two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where we do topic toilets. Topic um, toilets. Topic toilets. So we tried topic toilets. Topic toilets. We trialled last week something which I thought was quite, which we both really liked actually, where we kind of, yeah. instead of speaking about our experience, because, uh, you know, I think it is better when you've got three people and, you know, you're not just hearing about Alex and I go to the toilet every week. Um, we, you know, he talks about facts. And this week, to the excitement of both of us actually, we decided to think about the history of toilets, which I have loved looking into actually. Um, yeah. Alex, do you want to kick us off? What have you found? Yeah, so. Um... I'm kind of, uh, again, like a stone being skipped on a pond, uh, just <laughs> glancing into the uh, the wealthy backlog, no pun intended, of uh, the world of toilets. I've found a couple of opposing uh, sources, Will. Uh, the first is from one of my favourite websites uh, in history, and it's called Brain Pickings. And this and Long Reads are really great websites if you've got some time and you maybe are getting a bit fed up with the normal internet, you know, like bite-sized dross. This is a place where you can really sort of delve into what's going on in the world, long form. Uh, and this is a review uh, by Maria Popova of Bill Bryson's book, At Home. Bill Bryson, of course, a leviathan in digging up 
things we don't know about certain. Go on. Also, like also like an explorer was Nebril Bryce. Yes. So he kind of, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of like a modern day Columbus without all the racism and uh, <laughs> yeah and colonizing. Yeah. His Shakespeare book is very good. He begins by looking into the origin of the word toilet, the etymology. Mm-hmm. And this is a quote from the book. Perhaps no word in English has undergone more transformations in its lifetime than toilet. Originally, in about 1540, it was a kind of cloth, which is strange, because when we I, first discussed previous I also don't, histories... I, I don't think that's true from my research. Are you sure? 1540? In 1540, it was a kind of cloth, a diminutive form of twa- toilet. I don't know how to pronounce it in French, but twa- it looks like toile. Because it's T O I L E. Oh, so you just talk about the way we pronounced it? The, the, the... Yes, I think oh, so. Oh, fine, yeah, cool. Not an actual where you go. Don't worry, your history that you've probably brought potted from uh, the Big Bang to now yeah. isn't affected just yet. Uh, so the word was still described to use a type of linen, which is weird because we've already discussed from a National Geographic, I think, article yep. in the past that we had stick and cloth. Yeah. And then going back, we had sand. And then yeah. even further back, we had like just rocks. Yeah. So we got softer as time's gone on, which is nice. But <laughs> the word has originated there, there. And then it became a cloth for use on dressing tables. And then the dressing table has given the, um, the new form toiletries. That is an addition of table to that. And then it became the dressing table itself, then the act of dressing, then the act of receiving visitors while dressing, then the dressing room itself, and then that dressing room, private room, near a bedroom, where you do all those things that you don't have anyone watching, became the toilet, the lavatory. Um, Which explains why toilet water in English can describe something you would gladly daub on your face or simultaneously, and more basically, water in a toilet. Uh, He mentions... A restoration diarist like Samuel Pepys described walking down to his office downstairs, which was next to his neighbour's cesspit, which is another form of toilet that we've discussed before, both being to festivals. Um, And he ended up stepping in a pile of turds because it had uh, broken through the wall and filled uh, his office up. A little bit, which is very nice. And it reminds me, of course, of a very famous saying in Edinburgh, the similar times when we disposed of our uh, excrement out of our windows rather than our drains. Uh, Gardy Lou is a halloo, basically, that you shout from your window to warn anyone passing by that you're tipping out your shite into the street. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Gardy Lou is something I'll always remember being from Edinburgh. Gardy Lou. That's not some London Edinburgh Dungeons knowledge, is it? No, it was prior to the Edinburgh Dungeon. Thank you very much. I don't base my uh, (laughs) acting career or learning or knowledge on that place. Uh, No, it's it's it's. uh, I think it's a French phrase that might have been bastardised when it was when it was brought over. There's quite a solid connection to Scotland and France in those days because Bonnie Prince Charlie was French. he lived there until he came over for the Jacobite Rebellion. We're not really doing that kind of history today, though, so I'll, uh, I'll show you. No, 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 no. Ne- next week, though, that'll be fine. The, yeah, the uh... whole episode next week will be about the Jacobite <laughs> Rebellion. Uh, you can find out more by watching Alex's episode of Outlander, uh, Series 2, Episode 10, I think, Preston Pans. Give me some residuals. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah. That's quite interesting. Yeah. This is it basically what goes through the article is this kind of really quick bite sized but great to pick up, understandable history of the toilet. I very much recommend going to this website for that and any other theme. And then my other opposing source is plumworld.co.uk, which is a website that next to the logo of said website, there's a button that you click to either include VAT or exclude VAT. Yeah, it is. But yeah, when you were saying how yeah, those are your favorite, that's my favorite website of all time. I think. Yeah, one that one that <laughs> directly has VAT either included or excluded, and they believe that the oldest uh, form of toilet, other than you know just shitting where you stand, is back in Scotland, which is yeah, quite yeah. a nice uh, nice thing yeah. to think. We we've been famously misattributed inventions 
all the way back to the Neolithic age. So 3000 BC, the huts that uh, scientists have discovered, they had small drains built into them that extended from recesses in the walls. So this looks like plumbing, sounds like plumbing, probably is plumbing, you wee geniuses, you. And that uh, included water that flushed, you know, all the shit out of the house, which I just think is, I think is a testament to all other misattributions of inventions to Scots. Uh, probably happened in China first or the Middle East, uh, just like numbers and, and thinking. Um, but yeah, what do you think, Will? Well, this is really interesting because, so, but that, uh, the, from my research, that information is nearly right. <laughs> okay, good, so, good. That's good from you. So the so it was in three thousand BC. In, yeah. So there there are two areas of the world where the first toilet is said to have been kind of you know discovered, and same time so three thousand BC. One in Scara Bray, which is in Scotland, very um, famous settlement. first known toilet, and this was like pits. They were like pits that you would shit in, and then you would cover it up, and then you'd go to another pit, and then you would shit in. But in um, Mahendro Jura, which is like in the Middle East, was the they they had like an actual drainage system, which okay. like flushed out the water, which was kind of like revolutionary. But mm. in in kind of going through all of kind of the toilet history, I the thing I don't know for me the thing that I find most fascinating is like avoiding filth and like you know kind of that's that smell Build that up. Kind of, or yeah whatever that is is it's like evolutionarily ingrained in us you know like rotten smells decaying corpses our poo things that we kind of you know it is you know, an inbuilt system well it's, the same it, thing happens that, with certain animals yeah but that yeah exactly and that smell is like a sign of disease and it triggers this like sense of disgust which is our defense 100%. mechanism to, to stay alive there was the so in the in the old testament there was this really great so deuteronomy 12 12 13 you shall also have a place outside the camp and go out there and you yeah. shall and you shall have a spade among your tools <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it shall be when you sit down outside, you shall dig with it and shall turn to cover up your excrement. That Which is sounds great. like one of the longer uh, Ten Commandments, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's great, isn't it? I think that, you know, it shows that there was this kind of this understanding that we do. Because, you know, when you think about, you know, you look back at history and we used to use chamber pots and things. And, you know, you used to just throw it out on the street. But there is True. kind of this evolutionary feeling that we should have actually treated our shit with a bit more respect. And that also yeah. shows that when you say, like, the Romans, they had this kind of, like, weird... You know that thing you found? We spoke about it the, with the stick and the sponge. Yes. And yeah, that yeah, was yeah. that apparently very prevalent in um, Roman toilets. But the Romans... Yeah. They, they just liked sticks on sponges on sticks. They, they fed Jesus with a sponge and a sponge stick. stick yeah. They cleaned their arse with a sponge <laughs> and a stick. They did their singing into a sponge and a stick. But they had so. But their shitting had like a pod, like this weird contradiction where they understood they had you know they had irrigation systems which was incredible. They yeah. also first developed this link between the idea of a bad smell and bad air linking to bad health. So yeah. that, but but yet they liked to shit communally. They had 144 public toilets, and they shared the sticks with the sponge to clean each other's asses with. And yeah. and it's like most people, you know, it's a misconception that there was good, great irrigation amongst everywhere in Rome because it was really just the rich that had toilets. There were only 144 of them. And then this idea, and then just to go through the history, then when you th like, so the Roman Empire kind of collapses, and then the Great Plague comes. And that's, you know, those big masks that they wore when they had that kind yeah, of... Yeah, the, the plague doctors the plague uh, had doctors. like a crow's... And do you know thing. why they had that? Uh, they they really liked the Punisher. Uh, I don't know. No, so it's because from the same feeling of the um, the Romans when they felt that smell bad smell meant bad health. Bad at the health. E at, at the end of the nose, they had perfumes or flowers or herbs. Right, so, I see. So, so that they couldn't smell the bad smell that was happening around just because they were, were fearful that the, it would you know give them the plague, which is obviously not correct. And there was the, yeah. The, so the first toilet, who, when was the first toilet, the actual flushing toilet, do you think? So ever I'm going to, I'm going to, 
guess that this is a misconception already, but is it Thomas Crapper? No, so yeah, it's not Thomas Crapper. Yeah. No, no, it's Sir John. It's not Hattinson. Charlotte, is it? The one that no, I got spat on last week. Pretty, although it's very similar to a Charlotte toilet. So it's okay. A, so there's a guy called Sir John Harrington in 1560, and he basically created this overhead tank that he filled up with water, and he would then crap. And then he would then like pull like a lever and the water, which you would then have to like manually fill up, would right. then flush the his like you know feces out matter. onto the street. So it would right. kind of just be like a very efficient way of having a chamber pot, um, right. really. But that kind of idea, it didn't really catch on until 1775 when Alexander Cummings, um, who created that S-bend, you know, the S-bend, yes. which we still use today, which, like, if you don't know, have a look at your own toilet or your own sink. It's a it's a bend which prevents water and build-up coming back up the sink. It's like... Right. It's, and, and the idea is that it would prevent bad smell, because it was still... One in, day you know, we might be so competent at our pastime that we might be able to describe how that actually works. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, the, but, but even still in the 18th century, we still had this link between bad smell and bad health. Which meant yeah. that, and you know, we were basically, you know, cities, especially London, which we, we were still just putting all of our shit outside. What did it create? It created epidemics, and like the it big did. one was the big one was cholera, um, hmm. which you know I think it was like eighteen in the eighteen fifties when you know loads of people were dying from dehydration. You know, when you die from cholera, it basically just removes all of the fluid from your body just hmm. by you having diarrhea. So you die from diarrhea. Uh, and that's because you've basically had contaminated water with people's feces in it. And the scientist who fixed all of this, do you know who, who sold the cholera? Who was the doctor? Who was the scientist behind it? It wasn't Fleming, was it? It was Dr. John Snow, of all people. Wow, yeah. excellent. Yeah, yeah, great name. Fantastic. He, he, Not just he, a broadcaster and a defender of a big wall. It's incredible, isn't it? He very versatile man. But yeah, it, the way he did it, which was fascinating, is that, you know, you had, like, water pumps, which were supplying... Every, you know, would, would, you know, in like the 17, 1800s would supply everybody with water. Mm. Um, he basically just closed them off. He closed them off and then mapped all of the cases of um, cholera. And every time he closed one off in the surrounding area, the amount of people with, that were you know, getting cholera went down. So he then made the link for it being transferred by water, not smell. Mm. Um, and it meant that they closed down all of the London sewer system and then had to completely change the way that it was sent down, which is why we have this kind of like new Victorian, well, I say new, but, you know, the Victorian sewer system. Although it which we still really, use today. Which we still use today. Although it, it wasn't for about another 50 years that the idea that water was transmitting the disease that was actually kind of accepted. They took the action, but it wasn't scientifically proven. Well, that sounds uh, familiar, doesn't it? it, um, it disregarding it, early scientific breakthroughs in an epidemic or a pandemic-related mm -hmm. situation and instead doing something that seems ill-advised just on face value. How familiar that seems. How familiar. Absolutely. I know this is really boring and really factual, but I'm just going to continue with Listen, it. Listen, you better not apologise for that ever again on this <laughs> podcast because we started it for two reasons. Because it's fun to talk about yeah. and it's important to know these things. No, it really is. So, like, the one thing that it got me thinking... Like when you when you yeah you look through the history that we've gone by and this kind of like this primal evolutionary instincts that we all have, mm. and and you know how easy it is for us to just flush that toilet and just see our poo go away and not have to think about it. Yeah. But it it makes it so easy to forget that two point four billion people in the world still don't have a toilet, which is essentially one in three people are left without correct sanitation. Yeah. Eight hundred thousand yeah. children die every year under the age of five from diarrhea. And that's more than AIDS. That's more than malaria. That's ridiculous. Um, the, it's abs that's absolutely ridiculous. So diseases like cholera are still having that kind of effect on the, the nations of the world that are sort of more likely to, to suffer from dehydration, bad sources of drinking water and just lack of sanitation. It's poor sanitation. It was, so it's estimated that in 2017, poor sanitation cost the economy £260 billion. And that's due to things like, yeah, when you think about poor sanitation, it's not just illness. It's, no. like, loss, it's like loss of job. Loss yeah. of life costs an incredible yeah. amount of money. It just mm -hmm. does. And it's like, you know, it, it, this was one thing I thought was great. In 2016, the British Medical Journal voted correct sanitation was the biggest medical advancement since the 1840s. Um, mm. And that, that's ahead of antibiotics and vaccines. Wow. So they just, they, the recognition that toilet and clean water, you know, like we are, the world is progressing 
because you know, 40, from 1990, 14% more people have access to correct sanitation. But that is still ridiculous when you think about the fact that it could be zero. You know, it, yeah, it, it could, could it could quite easily, and, and we'll talk about this on another episode, I'm sure, in the future, but one of the biggest crises that the world faces is the development of more human settlements with less access to, to clean water and fresh water. Fresh water is one of the smallest, uh, you know... Um, natural resources we have on the planet and actually it's running out in comparison to the amount of things and people that need it so that's something that we do have to talk about in the future there's a yeah absolutely and there's this whole i mean i always really struggle with the idea of like you know spending billions of pounds going to space when there are people here dying every day of starvation and dehydration and it's i don't understand why we aren't looking after our own before we're trying to venture out and expect like there's a there's a really good journalist and author called rose george she wrote the big necessity she's english Um, And she said how a society disposes of its human excrement is an indication of how it treats its humans too. And I Mm. I know that's... I I think that's so true. That's a really nice tagline. I completely believe that. And I think that, you know, like especially when you think... Especially when you think about what what do we invest our money in? Are we investing it in making sure that people aren't dying from dehydration and poor sanitation? As we've discovered, $1 spent is 4.3 earned back through, you know, healthcare. But it, it makes it makes the things that we said at the start of the podcast talking about our sort of joint um, Hampstead Heath excursion almost irrelevant, but at the same time not really because the whole saying that you've just quoted there is that we are in such a place that doing you know the odd we in a bush or whatever actually isn't damaging the uh, the ecology, but we've worked for probably over a hundred years to ensure that everyone in this country normally has the right way to dispose of their their waste and it's looked after and it's out of sight and it's out of mind. If we were to provide that to everywhere else in the world at the same time, that would be amazing. Absolutely. Do you have a hope for the future this week? I don't really, and I'm going to say why. Yeah, my hope for the future is I want to go to a festival. I want to go to another oh, festival. Oh, bless you. So yeah. I, mi- I miss it. I like, it's just, there's, there's just something that I just love about it. Every year I go to like two, I tend to work one and then go to another one. Yeah. Or, like enjoy one. And this year I was actually going to go to one in, I was going to go to uh, Down the Rabbit Hole in Amsterdam, which was a really lovely present my girlfriend got me, which we're not allowed to go to, obviously. And then there was the Green Man, which I was going to finally go to a festival with my parents, which was going to be I was going to go to Leeds Festival this year for a start. Really? Day. Yeah. I re- I, we were I mean, going to go a, for a one God day. It's been called off. Yeah, no, in a way. like, But it was Rage Against the Machine, which I was quite looking forward to seeing. But like, I have heard, actually, and this is from, a, this is from one of the earliest podcasts I listened to. I think it was Al Murray's podcast back in like yep. 2000. In six, I can't even remember, but weirdly, I remember someone calling in or speaking, like sending in like a piece of advice that if you ever go to Reading and Leeds Festival, um, there's a John Lewis that's quite close to the fields that it takes place in, and you have to sort of walk to John Lewis from those fields. It's like the first public toilet on the way back from from the festival okay. to to the oh. centre of Leeds. Oh, and Leeds, you, uh, yes, fine, yeah. Yeah, was I talking about Reading before? Or Leeds? No, you said Reading and Leeds, and I was like, Reading "How have Leeds. they managed?" Because I was like, "I've been, I've been to Reading four times when I was a kid, you know, three times." Maybe it was four Reading, times. I can't remember. But but there's a John Lewis toilet that apparently is the first one you reach from either of these locations. I can't remember <laughs> which. But that's so weird that that information has come back to me after so long. But I was uh, that was in my head, if I needed to use it. Um, but now I don't, and. Um, Part of me is part of me is winning. Part of me is losing. After this, I would happily go to Reading or Leeds Festival just to you know, just to fucking be anywhere. Just to fucking I remember, be anywhere. I, I remember when I first went to speaking about on the way to these festivals. When I first went to Reading Festival, I was with a bunch of mates. I think I was fifteen, yeah. and people sell beer and tents and things out of their doorstep. You know, you just like on the way to the festival. So I think I bought maybe three cases of Fosters for like. 30 quid or something like like a tenner a case yeah i know but yeah how old are you it might be like two fosters and one thing of cider and i was like this is a bargain also i'm 15 like i can't buy alcohol in a shop but i can buy it from this bloke who's selling it out his house and it's cheaper so why not um so there, there was me and like i don't know like 10 other people all with like crates of beer 
And then as soon as we, you know, we clugged it, arms aching, we get to the front of the queue. And then obviously they're just like, how old are you? And I'm like, <laughs> like what, do you, what do you mean? They're like, well, are you, are you old enough to have all of Shine this Shine your shoes, governor. I was like, you, how, you can't take this from me. Like, I've, you, like, this, you can't how, do this to us. How do you know what happens if my mum had bought it for me? And they were like, well, that you still wouldn't be allowed it. <laughs> like, I was like, this. And they just, they just took Please. it all off us. Just took it all off us. So you learned a valuable lesson there, which so is like, find be, the perimeter of the festival, uh, a spot that's not guarded, and throw your, throw your over. things over there. I think my sister went that year, and she ended up getting me all my alcohol. Excellent. Lovely. lovely. Yeah, yeah, bless Isn't her. Isn't it good to have a big sister? It is, yeah, definitely. What's your hope for the future? My hope for the future is non-existent this week, and it's just because you know how the new normal is the way we're describing, well, mm. or at least the adults are describing it like that. I, I just... I, I feel like I'm already in the new normal now and I'm just getting on with it. And when things that I enjoy reappear, uh, if they do, that is, I now feel like that will be just a nice surprise and it will be like a welcome return. Mm. And I'm now sort of not really overstepping my ambitions for the future with more ambitions. Mm. Uh, does, that, is, does that make sense? Does it kind oh, of no, nullify... I also think that every week, like things aren't the same. Like the like yeah. the last like the last few weeks, I've been very I've been kind of more politically engaged and very frustrated and kind of felt yeah. very let down. Whereas now, I kind of feel that I I I, I want life to return. Have you grown when weary of when, that? It, when it's safe to? But I really miss like right you know I'd really like right now I'd be like what what's the date? Okay, I'd be a month away, so I'd be really excited. I'd have something to work for. I'd yeah. have something to drive towards. Whereas all I have to drive towards at the moment is the inevitable return to a job I don't want to do and I don't feel it's safe to be like taken out. Like yeah, yeah. being being followed. But anyway, what what can you do, eh? What can you do except keep flushing. Keep flushing. Right, well, thank you so much for listening. I'm really so well, okay, I'm not going to apologise, but I hope that yeah, you yeah, stop apologising. I hope you've I hope you found it interesting and have you know been illuminated slightly more on how we got to where our toilets are now, and also yeah. how important it is that we make sure we get correct sanitation or fun worldwide. Worldwide, yeah, exactly. If you're ever walking through Edinburgh and you hear the words Gardy Lou, run into the middle of the street, basically. Scream, yeah, just scream. Yeah, scream, scream and flail around. Yep, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, Instagram and Twitter, Talking Toilets underscore Facebook, Talking Tea Podcast. Indeed. Email Talking Toilets Podcast at gmail.com. I still haven't checked it. As we've already just said, Try to avoid all of those nasty parts of life and keep flushing. Keep flushing. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs>